0: following presentation of money's crazy mind has been pre-recorded for your entertainment and now let's enter the asylum you know one of the things that people don't really know that i'm into is diecast car collecting and when i was looking for that holy grail piece i looked no further than pit road diecast they helped me look for it. I found it. I bought it. Bill and the team definitely had went out of their way to help me find and track it down so that I could purchase it. So if you have a story like mine and need to get assistance finding that one DieCast car you're having that hard time finding, maybe it's a special version of Chase Elliott's car. Give Bill and the team at Pit Road Diecast a call. 216 355 2347. Mention that you found Pit Road Diecast on Redline Radio LLC and receive $5 off your in-store purchase. Money's Crazy Mind is brought to you by Incredible Keepsakes. At Incredible Keepsakes, cherished moments are made to last forever. T-shirts, binders, cups, you name it, Incredible Keepsakes can make it. Reach out to them today at incrediblekeepsakes.com or 440-242-9648. Don't forget to mention, you heard about him on Redline Radio, LLC. Man, has it been raining like crazy. Let's say the main sewer line of your house sucked up a bunch of garbage from the street during them last runs of storms. Well, if you need your drain cleaned, go ahead and give Smith's Drain Service LLC a call Your local drain cleaning experts. Call at 440-242-8704. Not just your main sewer line, but your bathtub and laundry lines, septic line, kitchen sink lines, floor drain downspouts, and much, much more. Family owned and operated and local to Northeast Ohio. Smith's Drain Service LLC. Give them a call today. Well, let's say you've just had it with them drains and just can't take it anymore, and you need a new house. Well, All Access Realty and Frank Sobochan is the people to help you do that. Frank served the country. Now he's serving the community. Go ahead and give Frank a call today at 440-391-7430 or if you want to shoot him an electronic email device kind of thing, you can reach him at franks at Access C-L-E-realty dot com. Well, we all see it every summer. It is orange barrel season, and the people that help grind up all those potholes and everything to make the roads nice and smooth for us is Dynatech. Dynatech supplies all the bits and uh, saw heads and everything that they use to chop up all them nasty streets. If your construction team needs new bits for your grinders, go ahead and give Dynatech a call at 800-446-9001. Or you can send them an electronic email, thingermabobber at sales at Dynatech. And, of course, you can always check out their website today, Dynatech.com. Warning. Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. Oh, 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 here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go! It's Friday night. It's 8 o'clock. That means it is money's crazy mind time. What is going on, everybody? The Asylum is officially open for business. As you can see, I'm back in Spook Central this week. I spaced i totally forgot that there's something going on tonight for redline radio my attendance is required so we're coming at you pre-recorded in the can so yeah sorry had to be done had to be done But it is Money's Crazy Christmas Volume 3. Welcome into the asylum. And, you know, I decided let's do something a little bit different this week. Let's do something instead of doing crazy Christmas traditions from around the world and everything. I mean, I've done that two weeks in a row. Like I said, I got one next week since next week is the week before Christmas that is just going to boggle your fucking brains. So why don't we save the crazy tradition until next week and this week we'll just tell some funny entertaining, embarrassing true life Christmas stories and then I'll break them down and tell you what I think about them. But before we do that, we've got another crazy Christmas movie that the fans of Money Crazy Mind sent me to review, discuss, talk about, and get you guys to go out and watch. This one's yet another Hulu original. And this one is actually really interesting. Like when I read the description, I'm just like, mm, okay. I've seen this movie. So I thought. Then I watched it. Check out the trailer. I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas.
1: I'm giving a dinner at the house. Just a few folks from the firm. I'd like you to be there. Ring up your wife and see if she'd care to join us. It could be arranged for one employee to receive a Christmas bonus this year. Two candidates. One enviable new role. One of you will become expendable. It's hoping there'll be games tonight up for this rather unorthodox job interview? This is wrong on so many levels. We have got our eye on you. Oh ho ho! (laughs) Stop it! Stop it! Get away from him!
0: I told you, I told you the damn movie is freaking nuts, man, but I got to tell you, it was super, super, super entertaining. This movie had me going from beginning to end. I didn't know what I was getting. I I, I knew it was an end of the dark movie, which must be kind of like their horror brand or something. I don't know, but this movie had me going from beginning beginning to end i couldn't believe it so let's talk about it the movie's called a nasty piece of work now like i said when i read the description that was on hulu it basically like i didn't ask anybody to give me like a synopsis of the movie or anything i said just recommend movies and that's kind of what i've been getting i've just been getting titles like i got puka last week now this week i got this nasty piece of work So, nasty piece of work. The description basically just says, the CEO of a company has decided to get rid of Christmas bonuses, but has decided to create a new corporate title instead. And what what ensues is a crazy job interview. Now, look at the poster here. I noticed those masks, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, that kind of reminds me of Black Phone. But then it also kind of reminded me of Bray Wyatt, the new Bray Wyatt mask that he's kind of been wearing around. So my thought was, well, what's up with these fucking masks? So I'm just like, all right, I got to check this movie out. If it's not for anything, I just got to check it out. So, you know, and the description, like I said, the description's kind of, but I started the movie. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh, God, here we go. I know it says it's a horror movie, but I have a feeling this is going to be very much like Christmas Vacation. Just because, you know, like I said, just because of the description, bonuses taken away, things like that. And I'm just like, if, if I see any hint of Clark fucking Griswold in this goddamn thing, I'm turning it off. But I didn't. And the movie's going on. And there is some reminiscence of, like, you know, uh, I didn't get my bonus yet. And then he goes and talks to his boss. The bonuses have been taken away, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but I got a real quick sense of almost, I'm going to try to think of a couple of different movies that this reminded me of so that maybe you guys can get it, get a feel of what this movie was like. Um take a little bit of clue with a little bit of, if anybody remembers the book in the old movie, it's an old black and white movie called the most dangerous game mixed in with a little bit of maybe like the strangers or maybe even us or them, like the two Jordan Peele movies. Um, um, mixed in with a little bit of um, the Nicole Kidman movie Eyes wide shut, a little bit of Clockwork Orange you know movies like that combine all those together and you kind of get what this a nasty piece of work is. Now this movie has so many twists and turns I didn't know where this movie was going from one second to another. like you saw in the trailer, The scene where the boss pulls out the gun and shoots somebody. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this movie and I'm just like... Now we just killing motherfuckers? Like, what are we doing here? But And then you kind of see where it goes from there... And this guy's like trying to convince the the, the two people that are there, uh, fighting over the job, to do these crazy, insane, fucked up things to each other to try to see who is more willing to have the job than the other. And, I mean, I'm just like, after a while, I couldn't look away. I just couldn't. I, I, like, I was afraid I was gonna miss something if I looked away. And I'm watching this last Friday night when I was sitting at the Detroit Auto Parts Studio waiting to produce uh, the Grapevine last week, and you know Grape and Dre walk in, and and the, all of a sudden they're just like, we couldn't look away, and I'm like, hey bro, you know we we got to get your show rolling. You got you got to go down to Lucy's for the comedy bit, you know. So I mean they're like, oh man, we're gonna have to go home and watch this. Like like they got into it. So I mean, it's 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 that kind of movie where it just gets you hooked, and then you have no choice but to watch. It, it's it's that, it's that good. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked, absolutely shocked. I'm just like, wow. So if you guys haven't heard of this movie, and you have the Hulu, definitely load this movie up. It was absolutely fantastic i definitely give it five christmas trees so good and you know and that's not to say that puka wasn't good because puka was definitely a good movie too but this movie had so many twists so many turns You didn't know where the movie was going. And then the motherfuckers that show up at the end. Like, that's all I'm going to say. The fuckers that show up at the end of the movie and you catch, like, this massive fucking plot twist that you didn't even pick up on throughout the whole movie. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at these guys and the the only thing I could think of, and this isn't going to give anything away, really, I don't think, um, but, like just just seeing them when when they they come into the film I'm just like holy shit did Rammstein just show up like it reminded me of the Rammstein Du video where Till and everybody else in the band are just wearing these masks so you know I I gave something away cuz it's the fuckers in the masks but and I'm just like all of a sudden, I'm just like, are they just going to start busting out with, well, to best data to to shy the try a sein for, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm speaking horrible German, but no offense to the German people, but and I mean, I do know the wor- what the words for that song means. I probably could have done the English version and been just fine, but that was not a bad Till Linderman impression, if I do say so myself. But no, this movie 10 out of 10, five Christmas trees, a million and a half stars, whatever rating system you want to go off of. If you want to, all right, here it is. The Dave Meltzer match of the, uh, the, the Dave Meltzer match criteria. This is a five star match, okay? This movie was excellent. And the fact that Grape and Dre walk in when there was literally only like 15 minutes left of the movie and they're both just sitting there enamored by this fucking movie. That just goes to tell you how good it was. And I'll admit like I had the sound cranked on the soundboard at studio one watching this thing. Cause I didn't feel like putting headphones on just in case somebody walked in and had to say something or whatever. But yeah, man, like the movie is that good. Like, do yourself a massive favor and watch this movie. If you are a fan of thrillers that just keep you guessing second after second after second, this is a movie for you. Hands down, ha- great fucking flick. Great fucking flick. That's, that, that's all I can say. Um, what, what, what was the words that Biff used in Back to the Future 2? Uh, brilliant flick. Brilliant fucking flick. Like, he didn't say fucking, obviously, because the movie's rated PG, but um, but yeah, no, no. Uh, great film. Great film. Check it out if you have the Hulus. And if you don't have the Hulus, try to find a way to uh, obtain it, because it is that good. Alright. But, um, you know, yeah, so there it is. A nasty piece of work uh, available on Hulu. It came out in 2019 just like Puka did. I don't know what my obsession is with movies from 2019, but that's just kind of what I've been getting uh, getting asked to look at. Um, next week, our final one. And like I said, I'm not going to do Die Hard. I'm not going to do Lethal Weapon. I'm not going to do the movie, you know, the the... <coughs> The standard flicks that everybody thinks about this time of year. All right. I'm not talking about the standard flicks that everybody talks about this time of year that aren't Rudolph, that aren't Frosty, that aren't Charlie Brown or anything like that. You know, the diehards, the lethal weapons, the movies like that. No, I'm looking for for hidden gems. and that's exactly what that was. So next week is going to be um the final one that we do before Christmas and then I'm going to do one for New Year's right before New Year's. <clears throat> because there will be one episode of Money's Crazy Mind right before the New Year. Uh, so before we start talking about these crazy Christmas stories um I've had a little bit of a diff- difficult decision I've had to make. Um, and it's it's not one that I came to very easily. Um, for the rest of 2022... And probably some of the beginning of 2023. Um, Money's Crazy Mind is going to be pre recorded. Um, there's a lot of things. I'm trying not to get too emotional, but, um, There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes for me right now that is becoming far too far too prevalent. It really hasn't been something that I've taken seriously. It hasn't been something that I've been taken. I'm I'm trying to think of words here um but it's something that I should not be taking lightly and recently that's kind of been what's happening is I've just kind of been like nah, you know what fuck it it everything will work itself out everything will will get solved everything will be taken care of and I'm thinking too much into this and I'm putting too much I'm giving it too much stock I'm giving it too much power and it turns out I've been wrong and uh, if I don't take care of it now it's gonna be something that's gonna end up debilitating me and i need to i need to take it as serious as other people in my life are right now and if i don't then that's that's when it's going to become a problem not saying that it's not already it, it most certainly is but It's a problem that I thought I could handle, and it's a problem that I thought I had more control over than I do. And I need to start taking it a little bit more seriously. And um, so, my goal I mean, it's not even a goal, it's what's going to happen is to be back live with everybody for money's crazy minds 100th episode and we are getting damn close to that number we are as of right now eight episodes away from episode 100 and um i'm proud of that fact very proud of that fact I've always been very open, very honest, and very forthcoming with everything that that goes on with me, and I'm I'm sorry that I'm being kind of private and and cryptic with it right now. Um, but this time I don't really know what to do. Well, I do, but. It's a very tough decision, and I'm not, not 100% sure if I'm ready to make it or not yet. So, um, Just bear with me, please. It's been very tough. Very tough these past couple of weeks to even just make the show happen. But I've been doing it because, it's, the, it, in my opinion, it was the right thing to do, is to just put on that happy face, put on that smile, and pretend like my world isn't imploding around me. But I can't do that anymore. So. This isn't the end of money's crazy mind. Like I said, you know, I'm going to continue to do the show. It's going to be pre-recorded. It's we're going to continue to have the same fun that we've had. It's just uh I need to put a little bit more focus on a on a few things and um take some things a little bit more seriously and in order to do that I need to be around a little bit more. So Um. All right. That that's enough sadness. That's enough bullshit. Let let's let's have some fun, shall we? Let let's take a look at some embarrassing, uh, embarrassing Christmas stories that make people look like jackasses. Because to me, that's fun. Let's do this. So glad I didn't lose my shit during that. I was so afraid I was going to. But all right. So these stories are coming from all over the internet. Some of them are from Reddit, some of them are from Reader's Digest, some of them um, I got from the Huffington Post, some of them I got from um Yahoo. So we're gonna start with a story that they entitle You Can't Blame Everything on the Dog. And when I first read that title, I even I didn't even look at the story. I was just looking at the at the picture that's here and everything, um, stock photo, and you can definitely tell that. But <laughs> uh, you can't blame everything on a dog. Normally, when you hear that phrase, you you think it has something to do with uh, a particular noxious smell that that people love trying to blame on the dog. And, you know, I think everybody knows what what sound I'm talking about. That one right there. Uh, But in this case, um, that's not the case. So let's check this story out here. Back when my brother had just started dating his now wife, she came to visit our family at Christmas for the first time. We all sat down at the dinner table, and she, she positioned herself Opposite my brother. Halfway through the meal, she suddenly said to everybody, The dog keeps rubbing himself on my leg. He must like me. My dad looked up and replied, The dog is next to me, Helen. Turns out my brother had been playing an unrequited game of footsie with her under the table. She was so embarrassed. So, like I said, you know, uh, not exactly what you're thinking of when you say you can't blame everything on the doggie. Um, but, I mean, I think I think pretty much... For me, it was more of a teenage thing. Like, I, I never really played footsie or anything like that when I became an adult. At least I don't think I did. Um, but... Uh, you know, I mean, that just seems more like a teenage thing. And, and, you know, I understand, you know, new relationship, things like that, bringing them around to see the family for the first time. Maybe you, you know, thought you can get away with it and you thought that maybe she'd pick up on it. But, uh, bro, clearly she didn't. Clearly she didn't. So I don't know who would even be more embarrassed. Would it be her because she thought it was the dog? I mean, obviously, the story said she was embarrassed. But I think Homeboy would be a little bit embarrassed, too, because he's like, oh, shit. She thinks it's the dog. The dog is sitting next to Pops. Now, all of a sudden, she's admitting that somebody's playing with her fucking leg under the table. That only leaves one person. Or you would think. I'm pretty sure everybody was just assuming that it was him because it's his girlfriend and and she's right across from him. But if she's thinking it's the dog, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, the dog, maybe it's not positioned like right in between. I mean, if they're sitting opposite from each other, like they're, they're across from each other. I mean, obviously, you would be a little bit off to the left or the right, depending on what leg you're trying to play with, but I mean, maybe Homeboy was trying to get up in between and uh, you know, maybe maybe he was, he was thinking a little bit higher than the leg. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming. Uh... Exactly. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, again, just playing devil's advocate here, but it, to me, it would all be positioning, like wh- like where was, where was the arm, when he was trying to uh, get a little frisky there? Ding, damn! All right, next one. This one is about a holiday office party where uh, things did not go right for one guy. And this one is entitled "The Vomit-Filled Hijinks at the Boss's House." Not a time you want to have vomit-filled hijinks, if if, if, you're asking me. Not my holiday party, but my husband's. His married bosses had it at their house for many, many years. One co-worker showed up two hours late, completely wasted, missed dinner. Was in the entryway for five minutes before he puked everywhere. Couch, floor, walls, TV, lamp, etc. All covered in it. What? I gotta read that again. I gotta read that again. Was in the entryway for five minutes before he puked everywhere. Couch, floor, walls, TV, lamp, etc all covered in
1: it.
0: Yeah, basically. Basically. And I'm sure he probably followed that up with Uh, His date was mortified, got a cab for him, and they left a whole uh, 20 minutes after they arrived. You think that would have been enough to stop having the holiday party at the boss's house? But no, the very next year, they have it there again, and a, oh God, and a different co-worker gets wasted, tries to hook up with their kid's nanny in their four-year-old's bed. The kid was not home that night, thankfully. A cab gets called to take them home, and from what we're told, They were making out in the back of the cab. (laughs) When one of them got, oh god, when one of them got sick mid-makeout. Like, in the other's mouth. Uh... Ick is right. So, actually, it was probably less like, Uh... and more like, Uh... yeah, I would think so. Unfortunately, my husband has since moved on to a new company, and now his holiday parties are lame in comparison. Okay. I admit I haven't gone to too many corporate Christmas parties like that. Okay? The one I went to, I won't say the name of the company I was working for, but the one I did end up going to, was at this really, really, really nice hotel in downtown Cleveland, the 9. And we had pretty much free reign of the place. Like, we had rooms, we had everything. And I'm walking by, and I don't, I don't really drink alcohol, so I don't have any alcohol here. But, you know, I'm you know, mingling with people, and my now wife is with me. She wasn't my wife at the time. But I walk by, and I see my boss like this, but both hands. And because they were serving us the 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 Alkis, uh, every can was open. So I look at him. I'm not gonna say his name. I'll, I'll just use the initial of his name. I go uh, T. Um are you tricking all four of those at one time? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, what? The next morning, everybody's checking out of their hotel rooms and everything. And pretty much everybody from this company was on one floor, which is pretty, pretty much how they do things. Like they reserve a block of rooms. And I remember like, we had to have, our reservation in like we had to let the, the company know in like October if we were going and if we were bringing a guest and it wasn't so much for the catering or anything like that because I mean they were they were going to get a shit ton of food regardless but it was for the rooms and they wanted to make sure that they booked the right kind of room and that they had enough rooms in on the floor and in the hall that we were on reserved. And, I mean, that makes sense. You know, I mean, we were a pretty large company at the time. Um, they've downsized quite a bit since then from what I've heard. Um, but we were a pretty damn big company back then, and I'm pretty sure, like, we had, I want to say, a good 100, 200 people there. Um, and that was a combined our office in independence. And we also had an office up in Canada and a lot of the, the, uh, Canadian technicians would come down for the Christmas party. Um, but yeah, that, that's my own crazy, uh, holiday party story. Like I said, I mean, a lot of the other ones I've been to haven't been that elaborate and that set up, I mean like the one that for the one place I worked at was at Popeye or not uh, Popeye's, Jesus Christ, was at a bowling alley and there was alcohol involved but I mean pretty much everybody was just bowling and having a good time, so I mean, you know, no crazy story there, but that that's like the craziest story I had, it's like I'm seeing um, we used to call them C-level, corporate level executives at this company quadruple fisting beers. And even a couple of them were quadruple fisting cocktails, man. Like, just people walking around with just cups of liquor and cans of beer or bottles of beer. Just one after the other. It's just like, I'm carrying them all with me so I don't gotta keep going back to the bar. And I'm just like, you motherfuckers are getting this wasted? Like... (laughs) I'm just here to have a good time in a fancy place, man. It's not every day you get to do something that fucking fancy. But no, man, they're just like, they're just like, no, man, you got to drink it up. Woo! College, man! That's what it reminded me of. That's what it reminded me of. But, uh, But that's my crazy Christmas party story. Well, let's move on to another one here. This one is uh, kind of on the weird side. So this one is called A Christmas Party and a Wedding. A greedy aristocrat sets his marital hopes on an 11-year-old girl. Whoa! And her dowry as she plays with children around a Christmas tree Several rich, spoiled brats ostracize the red-haired boy of the governess, forcing the child to retreat to a far corner, only to be joined there by the young girl. But the poor boy's triumph is short-lived, since it earns him the resentment of the paunchy aristocrat, whose first attempts to shoo his 11-year-old rival away then gives chase to the boy. By now, the reader is rooting wildly, perhaps even praying in the holiday spirit for that the shameless fat cat to be defeated. But this is a uh, Dojewski story. So check your joy to the world optimism at the door and prepare for a morbid twist of cheer. Okay, so these are just crazy christmas stories. So um there's really no payoff to these. So fuck you for wasting my time. All right, so we'll do this first th- this one here. Uh funny christmas stories to tell. The ugly christmas tree. The cat had an obsession with the christmas tree. The entire holiday season it was a miserable job to keep the cat out of the tree. Thankfully, It was Christmas Eve, and the tree would be coming down soon. However, it was then that the oversized barn cat decided it was time to wage war. Unfortunately, the tree stand wasn't up to the added weight of the voluptuous tomcat, and it came crashing down to the ground with a thunderous boom. Upon hearing the resounding crash, the entire family woke. The living room looked like a Christmas wasteland with ornaments rolling under the couch and the tree crushing presents. The cat slinked away under the radar to pick needles out of his fur. Bobby the youngest looked up at his mother in wonder. Dad! Dad was right, Mom! Santa thought your Christmas tree was ugly, too. As a cat dad myself, I know this horror all too well. Keeping a cat out of a Christmas tree is a full-time job. I love my cat. I love my cat. I love my cat. But we literally had to buy the the only time I have ever had to discipline this cat at first, before we got his sister was when he would get his fucking fat ass in the fucking Christmas tree. We literally had to buy a spray bottle just to keep his ass away from the fucking Christmas tree. Eventually, he learned his lesson, but then, like I said, we got his sister. Now, I got two cats to keep out of a goddamn tree, because, of course, he can't be a good older brother and sit there and be like, uh, uh, mm -mm. you you don't want to do that, you're going to get wet. He'll watch her go underneath the tree, and he'll just sit there and be like, you're going to get it. I ain't going to tell you what's going to happen, but you're going to get it. Then eventually, because this cat, the new cat, is smart enough to realize, I'm not going to do it when mom and dad are looking. I'm going to do it when they ain't home. So now I come home, I see branches bent, and I see all kinds of stuff because artificial tree, I'm not going to lie, you know. But you find the br- the bent branches and all that shit, and it's just like, mm. which one of you two was it? Then they're like, oh, it's just dad. Mom's normally the one that sits there and goes, Harley Gizmo, get out of the tree. Then I watch him do it. It starts with her, because she's the younger one. And the antagonist. And then he starts to do it, too. And now I'm just like, really, you two assholes, really? So, yeah, I, I get the torture of dealing with cats and Christmas trees. And I am so glad that we have artificial trees, because if we didn't, I remember growing up with my mom's cats, having to deal with the cats drinking the water from the pan to keep the damn tree moisturized so that your tree, your house doesn't go up in flames because of hot bulbs on a Christmas tree. Now the MythBusters did kind of disprove that myth, but it's still something that's out there. They disproved it. And you also have to have lights from like 1954 in order for them to get hot enough to even do this. But that tree, you would literally have to bake in an oven for like five at like 500 something degrees in order for the tree to get dry enough for this to happen. But it's still, I mean, if the tree gets dry, then you got needles all over the place, and that's just a pain in the ass, too. And our house is carpeted. I, I, I'm I, not cleaning that shit up. No. Mm-mm. Fake tree USA in my house, 20 All right. Let's move on to another, uh, Hilarious and embarrassing story. This one is called The Accidental Gift. We are all retrieving presents from under the tree and opening them. I bought my wife some super expensive mascara and face creams that she said she'd wanted, but my mom read the tag wrong and thought the gift was for her. She opened it instead and neither my wife or I had the heart to tell her it wasn't for her. My wife didn't mind too much until a couple of weeks later when Mum revealed that she preferred the stuff she got from Boots. <laughs> Another time she did a similar thing and opened some fancy underwear that I'd again bought for my wife. Mm, that's embarrassing. Mom thought Dad was being romantic, but my wife took it upon herself to explain that the thong and lacy bra was actually a present to her daughter-in-law from her son. Eek. Um, ooh. I'm glad I've never run into this problem. Super glad. And again, I'm reminded of the movie Christmas Vacation because there's the moment... You, you see at the beginning where Clark's at the lingerie store and he's buying the gift for his wife. And then they had the squirrel incident. I mean, if you haven't seen Christmas Vacation, shame on you. I know it's not a movie that everybody enjoys, but it, it's still a movie you should at least see once. I mean, come on. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't see the film. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest here. But um, you know then, then there was the squirrel incident and Clark is trying to pick up and salvage whatever gifts he can and the lacy lingerie that he bought for her kind of you know is in a destroyed box so he's taking it out and he's trying to tuck it into his um, Santa suit so that you know nobody sees it and the next thing you know he's like placing a, the thong or whatever on the tree and uh, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, because I didn't remember that scene in the movie, but it's not a movie I watch every year at Christmas. It's one of those movies where it's just like, oh, I'll check it out. Like, I don't own it or anything, um, but it just so happened to be on HBO Max this year, so I decided to check it out. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, I wonder what ever happened with that. Because, I you know, you almost think that something like what this storyteller was telling you would think that something like that might have happened where you know maybe the wife's mom i can't remember her name but the wife's mom might have opened it or maybe even clark's mom would have opened it i mean like a very similar situation to what what this guy was talking about but uh i've never had that particular situation happen to me thank jeebus because uh yeah wouldn't want that to happen to me nope All right, let's go back to another story uh, from an office party gone wrong. The staff trapped in a Zoom party for three and a half hours. One of the primary managers in this company likes to cook. So what they decided to do was get everyone into a Zoom call, and he sent them a list of ingredients. He cooked while we were supposed to follow along. It was supposed to be a social event with a cooking lesson. What went wrong was the guy really is not HGTV material. He didn't plan well in terms of his timing, and so everything was running really late. People were getting tired. Well, how do we do this? When do we do that? Everyone was really polite about it, but you could tell that they were getting frustrated. They were picturing a cooking demonstration they see on TV. It was getting to the point where, ev- where people were dropping off the call because they were tired of waiting to eat. It should have been more well-planned or maybe somebody else helping him. This guy was doing all this by himself in his kitchen. I think it was three and a half hours. Nope. Now, the only benefit to this story is is that everybody is kind of doing their own cooking instead of having to rely on eating food that other people have cooked. Not saying that I don't enjoy a good potluck when done properly, but you mm, you run a very serious risk of foodborne illness. Take it from a guy who's been in the industry when other people cook cuz you just don't know or let's say it's something that you normally would eat and you normally enjoy but they prepare it differently than any way that you've ever had before and you end up not liking it but let's say the reason they made it is because of you you know now i understand that that everybody's kind of cooking the same thing and everybody's eating the same meal that this guy thought up and prepared but, if that's the case, maybe instead of having everybody do raw ingredient cooking, which can take a while depending on what you're doing, maybe next time, dude, pick a little bit of an easier meal. Or, before you start the Zoom call, maybe like give everybody instructions on how to pre pre-prepare some of this so that not everybody is on the call for fucking hours. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking about other people that had to be on that call, man. Like, I would be, I would not be a happy person if I had to be on a three and a half hour Zoom call to cook food. I, I, I can tell you that right now. I hate doing Zoom meetings to begin with. Like, you know, that's why I try not to have too many remote guests because I just don't, I'd rather have the person there in the room with me than on a screen. Like, I, I I, get that, you know, I was remote, you know, last week for Steel City Renegades and everything like that, but that was a completely different situation. But, yeah, no, I agree with these people. Three and a half hours, and we haven't even touched the food yet. This better have been COVID year. That's all I got to say. Because if this wasn't COVID year, fuck you. Now, normally I, w- I was going to go to a different story, but I saw the title of this one and I'm like, I got to read this one next. The office party that ended with chest hair on fire. This sounds like a fucking Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck if type situation. <laughs> I used to own a bar in D.C., We had a company rent out a space for a holiday party one year. They were getting pretty smashed. It was an open bar. And we suddenly started smelling smoke. That's never a good sign, especially in a bar. I sent a waitress to find out what was going on, and she reported that the men in the party were having a hairy chest contest, and the hairiest one lit his chest on fire. apparently on a dare needless to say we threw the folks out now here's my thing when the guy lit his chest on fire (coughs) did he sound like that or because they were so drunk was it more like ow uh but yeah. yeah again I've worked in bars, I've, I've, I've seen it all, I've heard it all, I've had to kick people like this out. It's not fun, it's not easy, and a lot of people turn into like fucking Toby Keith, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was when they are alcohol-fueled. So. Moral of the story is, children, just because the booze is free does not mean you need to drink all of it. And being as a guy who has ample chest hair, there's not enough alcohol and money on the planet To get me to light my chest hair on fire. You got me fucked up. All right. Let's move on to another story here. Mm -mm -mm. We're going to this one and we'll go back up to the one before it. But. Shady Santa. Santa was visiting the school. Parents were required to provide a present for their children a few days before that. Teachers would give it to Santa with their name on it. Five-year-old Tantiana was very excited to see Santa. Who wouldn't be, right? I mean, it's fucking Santa. However, she was slightly disappointed by his very apparent fake beard and slender figure. Mm, Gotta find a fatty to play sanny. Looking at her teacher, she stated, I I don't think that's the real Santa. Hold on.
2: I don't think that's the real Santa.
0: Her teacher tried to console her, but she still looked at Santa suspiciously. After getting her present, she came to sit next to her teacher with her open present.
2: See, I told you that wasn't the real Santa. He just knew what you wanted.
0: Oh, wait, I fucked. <laughs> Damn it. I fucked that up. But the teacher watched her open the present. and says, see, I told you he was the real Santa. He just knew what you wanted. Tatiana eyed the man speculatively and said,
2: yeah, but he's still
0: shady. <laughs> I'm sorry I fucked that up, but that ending was awesome. Kid called out fucking fake Santa, man. I mean, and I'm sorry, but you got to get guys that look like me to play Santa Claus. And I'll tell you what, like, if you let me know in like August or September that you want me to play jolly old Saint Nick, I will start growing this bitch out and I will dye that fucker gray and I will go like that for the entire month of December. Trust. Okay. Like, I will so do it. I, I've I've actually kind of been waiting for somebody to ask, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah. I'm calling out fucking Shady Santa Claus, man. The kids say the darndest shit, I swear to God. All right, this one's called Unfortunate Christmas Cookies. Two weeks before Christmas, four year old Christy found out she was allergic to gluten. Christmas Eve had been packed with activities. With no time to get Christmas cookies, her mom picked up some gluten free ones at the store. That way, Christy would be able to have a snack too. That night, Christy's father ate one of the bleh, 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 ate one of the leftover Santa cookies. It went down the wrong tube on the last bite, and he choked for a few minutes. Thinking nothing of it, the parents went to bed. That morning was full of fun and opening presents. The family was sitting down to breakfast with their new toys when Christy looked at her gluten-free toast with a sad look.
2: Mom, I think I should set Santa a sorry note.
0: Why? Why, her mother asked curiously.
2: I heard him gagging on the cookies last night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 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 This reminds me of the scene in the movie The Santa Claus, uh, where Tim Allen uh like when he's first when he first became santa and uh you know he took one of the the cookies from the girl and she looks at him and just like flat out i mean kind of similar to this just just like
2: you forgot to drink the milk
0: and tim allen you know was just like i'm lactose intolerant so the next year when he goes back to the house and, you know, he, he's now full blown Santa. So he's drinking that milk. Like it's fucking water. You know, he sits there and he, you know, eats a couple of cookies and then, you know, downs the milk and he's like, and he goes, I think the milk's gone sour. And she goes, it's soy milk, Santa. You told me you were lactose and salt intolerant." Kids remember shit like this, but kids are also sneaky. To where if they notice something, they're gonna let you know that they noticed it. And I know I remember one year when I was still younger. I think I was probably like seven or eight. And and mom, I'm sorry, but this is when I realized there ain't no Sandy Claws. I fell asleep in the living room. I wanna watching some kind of christmas story um and i heard a rustling in the middle of the night and i woke up and i see i see my mom and my dad putting the presents under the tree and my my parents were always like super sneaky with this shit, right? And this even happened after my parents were divorced because the same thing would happen at my dad's as it would, you know, with my mom's house. There would always be the stack of presents that were labeled from mom and dad or, you know, from grandma and grandpa and from aunts and uncles. And then on the other side of the tree would always be the stack of shit that said, from santa so i'm sitting here and my mom and dad you know you you see it in a lot of those christmas movies where you see the parents shoving the shit under the tree um and uh you know i i hear him going santa present santa present us present santa present my mom's present santa and i'm just sitting here and i'm like you sneaky bastards! That's how I stopped believing in Santa because I I caught mom and dad. But um, yeah, you know. But like you know, like I said, man. I mean, kid kids are very keen to this kind of stuff. But me being the oldest brother and having a younger brother and sister, I I rused it for quite some time until I knew that both of them were kind of out of it. And, you know, my little brother, you know, being the middle child and the dickhead that the middle child is, he would constantly try to ruin it for my sister. But, I mean, so, like, I mean, my sister believed a lot longer than than any of us did, but it's probably just that youngest syndrome. But, I mean, I was well into my teens, and I had to keep telling my sister, like, you know, hey, man, like, Santa gonna get your ass. And one year, my mom p- played a trick on her and, and gave her a, a bag of coal. That set from Santa on that shit. And she got other presents from Santa too. But like, you know, she, she played it off like, see, see, we warned you. You know, he cut you a break this year, but next year that's all there's going to be is that bag of fucking coal. It, it, it was chocolate. It wasn't real coal, but still funny as shit. She opens the... She opens the president. There, just a bag of fucking coal. (laughs) Oh, parents are cruel, ah man. But this first hour flew by, man. So we're gonna cut to break, and when we come back, more crazy Christmas stories from all over the place, man. And uh, if you got any funny stories about tricking your kids on Christmas, um, you know, put them over in the comments. I know, I know, I'm pre recorded, but put them over in the comments and I'll read them next week on the show. All right, until then, here's Bones of Giants. Of the art production studio. The team at Growing Wings has over seven years' experience of helping adults with disabilities in the Northeast Ohio area. If Lisa Summers and the team at Growing Wings can help your family, contact them at 234 334 7547 today. And mention that you heard all about Growing Wings right here on Redline Radio LLC. Oh wow, that sounds that sounds really great. Wow. That sounds like a really good deal.
1: Who are you talking to? Uh,
0: the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters.
1: Hello Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. What are you wearing? Uh Khakis? Well, that sounds hideous.
0: Well, they're ghostbusters. And just like that, we're back. Just like the Ghostbusters, we're back. All right. Welcome back into the asylum, everybody. Pre-recorded. I know it says live, but I just didn't fix the thing. me, Bobby. That. Um. But, yeah, so welcome back into the Asylum, everybody. We are doing some crazy but true Christmas stories uh, that people have told all over the world. I wanted to kind of take a break from doing the crazy Christmas traditions. Um, you know, I was running out. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, there's only so many. Not every... Um. Not every country celebrates Christmas. So you kind of run out of, of, of those crazy traditions after a while. So I figured, what the hell? Let, let's tell some funny Christmas stories instead. And I found a shit ton all over the internet. We told some at the beginning. You know, some were from office parties, some were from just people's families. Some, as we found out, are fucking creepy and involve an 11-year-old girl. But, let's take a look at another story here. This one is entitled, The Redecoration. I'm a big sleepwalker, and I was spending my first Christmas with my girlfriend's parents. On Christmas Eve, I went to bed after a few whiskeys and woke up in the morning feeling like there was someone, something, someone wanted to tell me. I was taken downstairs where I'd I'd apparently rearranged the entire living room, including moving around the grandfather clock, sofa, and Christmas tree while I was sleepwalking. You know, they say first impressions are everything. And if your first impression is to move around your girlfriend's family's entire living room, including grandfather clock, Christmas tree, and furniture. That's not the kind of first impression you want to make. The more you know. I don't even know what to say about that. Like, what? I understand that people do crazy shit when they're sleepwalking. I've never, ever, in 38 years on this earth, run into anybody that I know of that was a sleepwalker. Now, I mean, I know motherfuckers that have gotten away with murder claiming that they were sleepwalking. But I've never heard about anybody that's rearranging furniture when they're sleepwalking. Something tells me, something tells me that this was a clever ruse by this particular gentleman to sit there and be like, I don't like the way this living room is decorated. I'm just going to decorate it the way I want to. I know it's not my family. I know it's not my house, but right now I don't give a fuck and I'm going to Fake sleepwalking and rearrange this bitch. Like, that's just my take on the story. Cause, like, I don't know, man. Like I said, I know motherfucker that I got away with murder claiming that he was sleepwalking. But, dude, you see this office that I'm sitting in right now? Expect a phone call from Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> like, that. that that's all i gotta say about that (laughs) all i gotta say about that because i think nurse ratchet's gonna want to have some words with this dude um and after nurse ratchet has words with you buddy you might find yourself in a room that looks similar to this uh might be a little bit cleaner but yeah bro yeah i i Mm, i don't know man i don't know all right, this one's called Santa Number 2, but the picture is of some pretty damn festive toilet paper. And I guess people are wiping their ass with Santa and some reindeer. But anyway, here we go. It was pretty late on Christmas Eve, and I was walking back down the hill to my house from the pub. Those, Those are famous last words to start a story with. But suddenly... I felt my stomach lurch, and I knew that I needed to go to the loo. So clearly this is either from England, or, uh, I'm sorry, the UK, or um, Australia, because that, that particular word, loo, is not used in too many countries. But suddenly, I felt my stomach lurch, and I knew I needed to go to the loo. <laughs> Luckily, I was walking by the house of my mate's parents, so even though they'd already gone to bed, I knocked on their door and explained that I needed to use their facilities. They let let me in. I violated their facilities and left. Didn't even send them a thank you card. Okay, bro. Okay. Two things here that if I was your friend, I would be fucking killing you for. First, it's obviously very late at night, and you wake my parents up by knocking on their door and saying, Hey, man, I know you don't really know me all that well, or you think you don't know me all that well, but I'm friends with your son. I got to take a shit then you proceed to pretty much Harry Dunn the toilet from the way that you explained it in that story. And don't even thank them for kindly opening their door for you on Christmas Eve to let you shit their toilet out. Nope. I'd be walking up to my my friend and be like, bro, really? Really? We're going to my parents' house and you're gonna thank them for letting you shit their fucking toilet out, bro. Like that would that would be my conversation. And if he refused, we ain't talking for a while, dude, because that no wrong, bad friend, bad. Some people just, all right, this next one, we're going to go back to to holiday office parties here for a minute. This one is called the holiday party that broken employees trust. The first sentence sold me on this story. Some dude is ridiculously drunk. I don't know this guy. I make the decision to walk him out because he was being unruly. He decided to stick his whole hand up my shirt and grab my butt. Oh, skirt. I'm sorry. That said skirt. I'm like, hand up shirt and grab butt? Um, That, no, no, I don't think that those two are connected. But, um, so hand up skirt, grab my butt. I hate the fact that that button doesn't work all the time. I gave up being civil and gripped this dude by the back of his collar and physically dragged him to the exit when one of the national account managers stopped me and asked me what I was doing. I explained that the guy was too drunk and needed to go home. He said the guy used to be an intern there and he was okay. I then explained that he physically assaulted me. And for that alone, he's out. This manager told me to my face that it was fine and that this dude could stay. What? what, what, what? I looked at him incredulously. I probably would too. This became a thing at the office. I was thrown into the category of having attitude and not being liked for the rest of my time with the company. And the icing on the cake, they made this dude come in and apologize to to me after I said I never wanted to see him again because he made me uncomfortable. And that somehow made me ungrateful. This dude also applied to every job opening we had because I worked the front, oh, hell no, desk. And I had to see him come into the office often, and I had to sit there in discomfort. Not to mention the multiple times he tried to contact with me, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I definitely all lost all trust in the people I work with from that moment on, and they continued to let me down until I resigned. Okay. Hopefully you can tell by the look on my face right now that that story pisses me off. And unfortunately, it's something that happens way too often in some settings like this, especially. Back before cancel culture, back before Me Too. It was always the just, oh, you know, he's just drunk, he's being whatever, blah, 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 blah. No. Wrong is wrong. And you need to take every instance of this serious. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I, I am a huge proponent for stuff like this especially since I've been on the other end of that, and being a man, it was even harder to try to claim sexual harassment from a female employee. And my, not my immediate boss, but her boss, when I explained to him what was happening when I was reporting my instance, Incident. He literally he wore glasses. I wish I had a pair of glasses, but I don't. I don't even have sunglasses over here. Um, he literally took his glasses off, leaned in real close to me at the table, and there were people sitting in our dining room, and they obviously heard some of the conversation that we were having because I was making it known, like I'm not happy, and if you don't do something about this. You will not hear the end of it. They didn't. And I didn't stop. But my boss literally leaned in just like this, crossed his hands just like this, and hushed himself because he didn't want the people in the restaurant to hear this part of the story. And you'll know why here in just a second. But he looked at me and he said, You mean to tell me? that a woman said something like that to you and it was offensive to you, I would have taken that as a sign that I might have gotten something out of it. Here's my two-week notice, was my answer to that. But yes, yes, as a man, I felt uncomfortable. I felt, you know, I mean, everything that you ever hear somebody say when they've been sexually harassed, especially female employees, I I was feeling that. And and I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm looking at my boss and I told my immediate boss what was said. And she, she basically was just like, she was. Definitely perplexed, and I could see that in her eyes. But because we've had similar dealings with this person in the past where he says stupid shit constantly, she looked at me and she goes, Why am I not surprised that that came out of his mouth? You know, and from that moment on, I was uncomfortable. It turns out, too. That this particular executive, we can't prove it, but we had proof or, you know, had things that were picked up on, not just by me and my immediate boss, but but by even just the regular crew people that were there. I mean, I was, I was an assistant manager. She was our store manager and we're kind of like, Those two are fucking, can't prove it, but those two are fucking, you can just tell by the way they were acting. And, uh, you know, when, when this happened and she said what she said, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, did he seriously just tell me that I could get some from his girlfriend? Ugh. And what was said wasn't even all that bad. But because we had this suspicion that there was something going on between these two, that's when I figured out that nothing was ever going to happen in the investigation. And it turns out, I was right. Which is why when my two-week notice was up and I had my exit interview, paragraph number one was that. They're out of business now. Moving on. This one is called Christmas Massacre. Four-year-old Kieran ran into his mother's room in a panic. Mom.
2: Mom, mom, you need to get Duke out of here.
0: Confused, his mom looked at him curiously. Why?
2: Duke ate Ellie the elf, and Santa's probably going to call the cops!
0: Kieran, I'm guessing is how that's pronounced, said frantically. At just that moment, an overweight bulldog came sauntering into the room merrily with a Santa ornament hanging out of his mouth. Kieran put his hand on his forehead and sighed.
2: Well, there's no hope for him now.
0: (laughs) Oh, the bulldog. Ate that annoyance that I hate seeing pictures of on everybody's fucking Facebook page, the elf on the shelf, and then decided, you know what? The fat man's going to get it, too, because that little brat in there is ratting me out, and now Santa's going to be on my ass. So you know what, Santa? Eat this. Animals are fun, aren't they? And kids are just so much funner. I'm noticing a pattern in some of these stories, but this one is called Smashing Through the Snow. Christmas Eve was a big day for our family because we'd always celebrate with some local Swedish friends. It started during the afternoon, and every year my brother and his mate would end up drinking most of the booze. One year, he went out afterwards. My mom and dad, as they did every year, stayed up prepping for the next day wrapping presents and sorting things out so they didn't get to bed until the early hours. They had finally just gone upstairs when my mom heard a crashing noise coming from the kitchen. She opened the pantry and a voice went, Hello, Mom. My brother had taken his key with him, hadn't taken his key with him, and of course didn't think to ring the bell. Instead, he thought it would be a better idea to break a window, one which was so small a five-year-old wouldn't have been able to fit through it. Mom looked up, and only his head was showing. Finally, after he managed to extricate himself with my mother's help, and he spent the next day cardboarding up a window with a massive hangover. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said it several times during this episode of Money's Crazy Mind, but alcohol and holidays do not mix. Consider this your public service announcement brought to you in part by Lee Money. I'm sensing a pattern with a lot of these embarrassing stories where people just need to put the bottle down. I'm all for celebrating on the holidays, man. Like, this this year in particular, other than last week, this year in particular, and if you want to know what why in that story is, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Um, I'm a little bit more festive than I have been in years previous. I don't know why but I am like, I actually got excited to put lights and decorations up this year. I got somewhat excited to put the tree up this year, you know, but every year, the first week of December is always one of the hardest on me. It It is just something that happened in my past. Um, like I said, at the end of the show, we'll talk about it and where, you, where you can find that story. Um, but you know, like, I, I get it. I mean, I get all about being with your with your friends and your family uh, for the holidays. I, I completely understand it. You know, for years, um, before things got awkward um, between me and some of my friends, <clears throat> not because of anything that I did or anything that they did, or anything like that, Um, just because of a particular person that was no longer in my life um, was constantly trying to cause trouble. Every year on Christmas Eve, that was my friend's night, and then Christmas Day was always for family. My mom didn't have a problem with it, you know, because she knew with, with the friends that I was going to be with, everything was going to be fine and that she didn't need to worry about me. There are pictures that I still have from the one year on Christmas Eve where me and two other people finished two bottles of Fireball, a 24-pack of Bud Light, and a Partridge and a Pear Tree. No, I'm kidding. kidding. But uh, a 24-pack of Bud Light, two bottles of Fireball, and there was a third alcohol that I can't remember off the top of my head, but we finished it. And I still managed to wake up the next morning, hangover free, which I'm shocked, but hangover free and spend the day with my family. If I can do it, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I was in my twenties, you know, much different body than I have now. Back then I could do that kind of shit and be okay. I splashed Pepsi all over my face when I did that. All right, moving on. go back to the very first story because I didn't tell it. The employee who was passed out in her boss's arms. That's always a great way to start a story. When I was 25 or so, I got so drunk at my work Christmas party that I fell off a stool, hit my head, and passed out. I came to crying outside in my boss's arms while his boss called me an uber home okay so this story obviously isn't all that old because uber hasn't been around all that long so you see like i said i've never i haven't been involved in too many company christmas parties so i can't speak for too many of these instances, I just can't. But I I being in the position that I was in, in the company that I worked for, when I went to like a massive shindig like I talked about, I tried to be on my P's and Q's. I tried to be the fucking angel. I tried to not push any buttons because I didn't want to be the guy that everybody talked about in the office for God knows how long, you know, and that's kind of sad to say, you know, and then, you know, I mean, we're, when I say this was like, the most classiest kind of party or you know whatever i ever went to this motherfucking party was black tie so i'm in a suit my my wife now is in a beautiful dress everybody is dressed to the hilt and these guys are forehand in beers And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I was worried about what I was going to do. The guy that doesn't even really drink two beers and he's done? Like, like, I didn't want to be that guy. And then it turns out I'm the the soberest one in the whole fucking place. And I get it. I mean, we had hotels. I probably could have gone, you know, a little bit more shit face and everything like that. But, you know, I didn't want to. You know, because I, you know, I, I hadn't been with a company that long at that point either. So it's like, you know, do I really want to be that guy? Do I want to be the guy that gets completely fucking shit-faced at the company, at the company Christmas party? And then they're, hey, did you, hear what, did you hear what Lee did at the company Christmas party? Man, that dude was fucking wasted. I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be that guy. I guess I'm just a little bit more mature, or, or I I don't know, or maybe... Maybe I just never really did the full gamut of what a company Christmas party is. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely starting to sound that way from some of these stories that were re- that I've been reading here. Um, But this next one, the coworker who saw a site that they would rather forget. Worst I've seen, two drunk executives who each unzipped his fly, took out his penis, and laid it on the table to measure who was who's was actually bigger. I bleach needed. So here we go. First time I've heard of drunk executives literally having my balls are bigger than yours contest. So it's true. It's true. The executives sit there and go, hey, look, my nuts are bigger than your nuts. I'm the one who's going to do whatever. Except these two doinks decided Here's my dick. Let's see whose is actually bigger. And everybody wonders why I didn't want to get shitfaced faced at the company party. All I want for Christmas. I had bought this gorgeous little Christmas tree and was really excited for the kids to see it. I got home, put it on the ground, and started to cut the netting with some scissors. Just as I made the first cut, I felt one of the branches ping out and hit me right in the eye. It was so painful, I felt like I was going to be sick. I headed upstairs to lie down, missing out on the decorating. But after a while, although I could stand up, my vision was a mess. We headed to the hospital where they told me I had a scratch cornea and gave me some antibiotic gel. They agreed it was a pretty ridiculous injury, but said that I was the first of what would be many, including a lot of broken feet from frozen turkey damage. The next day, I was still in huge amounts of pain, so went to the hospital where they gave me an anest- uh where they gave me anesthetic eye drops. Thankfully. It did eventually get better. Again, kind of thinking back to uh, Christmas Vacation, where Clark buys the far too large Christmas tree and proceeds to try to cut the rope that was holding this tree together. And these branches just, boom, like everywhere. And he is now trapped in the middle of the tree. Again, another reason why I highly enjoy, whoops, almost knocked over the Dr. Pepper. That, that would be a cardinal sin. Um, highly enjoy my artificial tree. Because at least I know I pull it down one branch at a time. And once they are all out, then I get to shaping and filling. Words of wisdom here on The Asylum this week. The Christmas Dinner. Young Jessica always wanted a dog for Christmas. She asked Santa at the mall and even put it on her wish list. When Christmas came, her mom handed her a huge box with holes. That generally means dog last time I checked Jessica excited Jessica ripped it open only to be disappointed to find a little pot belly pig no doggy for you Jessica I I saw you but you got to deal with a pig then Jessica asked her mom
2: Why did Santa get me a pig?
0: From the kitchen, her dad yelled, oh, that's my fault.
2: Why, Jessica?
0: Jessica asked. Her father replied, I asked Santa for a Christmas ham. The cardinal sin. I'd been out on Christmas Eve and got pretty drunk. Here we go again. The the pattern is is just becoming so clear. I wasn't particularly worried. I'm a pro at hangovers. But I knew it was going to be a tough Christmas day. The next morning, I went to church with my parents and we were uh, handing out service sheets at the back. I was feeling pretty rough. But it wasn't until halfway through the service that I realized I was going to be sick. I rushed to the entrance hallway of the church and blew chunks everywhere. <laughs> Congrats, you fucking Lations. If there was a worse place to get sick on Christmas. It's in the house of oh, the load. People, I'm not repeating myself again.
1: Leave the booze
0: at home. Don't forget Jose! Juan's little brother Jose was born on the same day that his elf on the shelf, Maria, came to his house. After writing his goodbye letter to Maria on Christmas Eve, Juan's parents noticed him pushing Jose's bouncy seat toward the chimney. What are you doing? His mom asked. I
2: just wanted to make sure Santa didn't forget to take Jose too!
0: Talk about a brother that didn't want a little brother. (laughs) I'm sorry as stupid as I think the elf on the shelf is I don't ever like okay I'll admit when I was I was like four four or five when my brother was born four and because I was so young, I didn't realize how naming human beings worked. You know, because we had cats that didn't have human names. Some of them did, but some of them did not. You know, we had Woos. I don't think that's a human name, but she was a Siamese cat and she wooed. So my mom named her Woos. We had a tortoiseshell tabby named Tigger. You know, I mean, so, I mean, we had cats that were named funny names. Well, not funny names, but non-human names in our house. So, you know, when my brother was born, my mom was like, well, what do you want your little brother's name to be? (laughs) I said, Jiminy motherfucking Cricket. And my mom was like, why do you want to name your brother Jiminy Cricket? I don't know. I just want to name him Jiminy Cricket. Like, I, I, I must have just seen... Pinocchio or something I don't know but I mean I never tried to give at least I don't think I'd have to ask my mom but I mean I don't think I ever tried to give my brother back thank god his name's not Jiminy but (laughs) and to prove because I know it's the same color as Bud Light it is in fact Pepsi probably shouldn't be but it is All right, we'll do a couple more here, and then we'll do a close to this. Uh, Santa's secret identity. A little boy secretly followed a department store Santa to the changing room. The man comes out in his street clothes, ready to go home. The boy pops out. I, I knew it! Nervously, the man looks around, asking, knew what? Smiling ear to ear, the little boy leans in close and whispers,
2: I knew that Santa wouldn't be able to keep an eye on all the little girls and boys without a secret identity.
0: The man smiles, nodding. Just make sure not to tell anyone. The little boy nods in en- en- enthusiastically. I won't. I won't, Santa. Uh... The boy pauses, looking around, cautiously adding.
2: I mean, Chris Kringle
0: <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, I love the voice change button on my thing here, so you know every little kid's gonna sound like a little kid uh but I mean we've you gotta think that mall Santas go through that quite a bit um where they're worried that they're gonna get found out, you know and i and I think for me one of the perfect examples of that, um, and I know I'm talking a lot about movies, but my movie buff stuff is just kicking back in with some of these movies that the, that people are sending me. But I, I think to me, one probably one of the most famous instances of when a kid almost found out Santa's secret identity had to be in Home Alone. And it's when Kevin um, goes to meet Santa the 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 mall Santa or the Santa's Village Santa I think is what it was in in the movie. And uh you know he walks up to him and the dude's smoking a cigarette and everything. And um he he walks up to him and he goes, "I know you're not the real Santa, but I do know that you talk to him and that you're one of his helpers." And I'm sitting there and I'm just like this kid is smarter than he thinks he is which obviously comes out at the end of the movie when he makes all the elaborate traps and things like that to get the wet bandits. Um, at least they were the wet bandits in the, in the first one. Um, but this one is called Be Careful, Grandma. As Grandma was getting ready to leave the house on Christmas Eve, Olivia looked at her with concern. Make,
2: make sure to be real
0: careful on your
2: way home. Santa is delivering presents.
0: Her grandma smiled at her. I don't think I have to worry about Santa. Olivia obviously looked at her incredulously.
2: Haven't you heard? He's already run over one grandma.
0: (laughs) Yep. Because grandma got run over by a reindeer coming home from our house Christmas Eve. Santa's stuck. Jack and his six sisters had just come down the stairs on Christmas morning, the pile of presents had the children vibrating with excitement. Wow, okay. Suddenly a loud banging came from the family's chimney. Jack and his sisters looked at the fireplace in horror, horror, asking
2: Is Santa stuck in there?
0: <laughs> wow. That think got my voice way. High. <laughs> oh, <coughs> killing myself with laughter over here. Oh my god! But you know, th- you know, there you go. You know, and I mean, there was the one I- I'd heard, and I want to say it had to be a true story, but don't quote me on that. But I had heard that one year. There was an uncle or a grandpa or something or somebody, I should say, that was trying to come down the chimney on Christmas to try to um, surprise the kids with Santa entering in in his classic way, got stuck and died. So it's never a good idea for anybody to try to climb through a chimney. Because let's. All right. Maybe not a lot of people know this, but the hole in those things is, like, this big. Like, some of them are a little bit wider at the top because they flew. But the closer you get to the bottom, the narrower those things get. They're, they're quite fucking dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. Quite. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up with the crazy Christmas stories. I, th- I thought that that would just be a fun little uh, ditty to do. On this episode. Um, We're getting down to the nit. And the grit. As I like to say on Money's Crazy Soundtrack. By the way. Money's Crazy Soundtrack has moved to a new time. Um, Just because I think it fits better. In the slot that it's in now. So instead of being 10 to midnight. On Thursday nights. It is now 5pm to 7pm. For the rest of this this, um, month. Up until New Year's Eve. Uh, I'm going to be doing some non-traditional Christmas music. So last week, I got the list right here. Last week, I did some songs like uh, Christmas Time in Hell from the very classic South Park episode, Mr. Hanky's Christmas Classics. The Season is Upon Us by Dropkick Murphys. Bill Engvall's Here's Your Sign Christmas. A Mistress for Christmas by ACDC. Uh, Korn actually did their own version of the night before Christmas, and they also do their own version of Jingle Bells. So I played both of those back to back Christmas with the devil by Spinal Tap. Uh, straight No chaser, their first offering on this, uh, the Christmas can can a Christmas duel by the hives and Cindy Lauper. So, you know, stuff like that, that that's the kind of stuff that, that I was playing on here. Uh, one, one of the big ones that are one, one of the ones that I think you're never going to hear anywhere else, mainly just because I don't think people would ever play it was I did uh, the Ahmed, the dead terrorist skit where he did the song Jingle Bombs by Jeff Dunham. So I did that, um, you know, stripper Christmas Summer Weekend by Gwah! Uh, you know, so I, I just played stuff like that. Um, so. If you're into to crazy Christmas music that you never are, is going to hear anywhere else, check out Money's Crazy Soundtrack Thursday nights from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I will lead you right into the Lex Vegas show. But if Thursdays aren't your thing and you've got Saturday afternoons free, we are going to replay Money's Crazy uh, soundtrack every Saturday from 4.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. So a couple different ch different ch- uh, chances to listen to some different Christmas music this week. We're going to have offerings from insane clown posse twisted uh, more straight. No chaser. Uh, you know, and just, just more all around, just wackadoo stuff that, you know, I find, um, but I mentioned earlier Uh, and we're going to close the show out with this. Um, I mentioned earlier that the first week of December is particularly hard for me. And there's several reasons for that. And, um, one thing that I, that I was doing quite religiously, um, and then just for some reason fell out of doing it. And for no particular, well, I mean, there, there's a very particular reason actually, um, and I and I tell the whole story on it. But I used to do uh, what I would like to call um, "Money's Crazy Mind" audio dumps, and I would make those exclusive to my anchor channel and my my website that I have for the show. So the website. Every episode of Money's Crazy Mind, even ones that from before I was at Redline Radio, are available on there. Same thing with my anchor page. Uh, you can find my podcast on Spotify, uh, Amazon Podcasts, like where, like wherever you find your podcasts, you will be able to find the audio edition of Money's Crazy Mind. And to kind of just do something for the audio audience, which. I had an amazing year, according to Spotify. Um, I was the top ten podcasts based on forty three listeners. So that means I'm the top, I'm in the top ten of podcasts that forty three people listen to. I'm in the top five podcasts for twenty six people, and I'm the number one podcast for seven people. Now. I know that those numbers don't sound all that great, but for me, that's huge. I never would have pictured that. Now, here's a statistic that I didn't, I just, I was mind blown by it. Episode 31, an episode not too long after I got to Redline. And I did this topic before it was cool to do this topic. So let, let me just, let me pat myself on the back for that, okay? Before everybody else was talking about it, thank you, Netflix. I did this story a year before Netflix turned it into a documentary. So episode 31, Break Stuff at Woodnot, Woodstock 99 had 781 more streams, 781% more streams than my average episode. So out of all of my episodes, the most popular one was the Break Stuff at Woodstock episode. And like I said, I did that story before anybody else did, and you can't, Take that away from money's crazy mind. So suck on that, podcast world. So all in all, for the year 2022, according to Spotify. Now, I don't know if this includes everything you know like all seven formats that my podcast is available on. Obviously this doesn't include redline but just for the the um the audio version of my podcast so I don't know if this is combined from my pod my, my pod page website or anything but this is a Spotify award okay money's crazy mind 71 episodes was listened to in 20 countries for a total of 6, 6.7 thousand minutes. And I was up 999% on listeners, which is higher than any other podcast on Spotify. So, in closing to that, I want to thank everyone, everyone who took time out to listen to Money's Crazy Mind or watch Money's Crazy Mind here on Redline Radio in the year 2022. 2022 was probably one of the biggest years. For this show. And I'm going to make a confession. Before I saw that. When I logged on to my anchor page this morning. Anchor's owned by Spotify. I was ready. To not do this episode. The episode after. The episode after. The episode after. I was going to take a break. And just hang it up for a couple of weeks. But then I saw that. You know what? Let me. Just in case people think I'm full of shit. Which I'm sure there, there might be some people who do. Let me. Let me bring this up. Uh, we're going to go into a little bit of overtime. But so what? It's my fucking show. So. I'll try to tell the story. I'm trying to contain myself because I'm just overwhelmed by all of it. All of it. You know, people, I don't think anybody understands just what this accomplishment, what these accomplishments mean to me. It is a big deal for me to have seen stuff like this when i would i'm going through what i'm going through right now and you know for for i know my business isn't you know other people's business but for me this that this is this was inspiring and it, it made me decide to continue going on and doing what I'm doing with this show. it made it made me realize that I'm doing something right to make this possible All right. But here is everything that I just mentioned. So I'm um, gonna bring this over. So there you go. There it is, right there in Technicolor. Episode thirty-one, seven hundred eighty-one percent more streams than in your average episode. Top ten podcast, top five podcast, number one podcast, and then Money's Crazy Mind up nine hundred and ninety-nine percent on listeners. So there you go. I'm not. I'm not bullshitting. I'm not bullshitting. Those are legit stats that I received this past year. So I want to thank everybody who made that possible. It means the world that that happened. It really does. So if you want to check out some of the exclusive audio stuff that is available only on my website and on my anchor, like I said, you can go to Spotify. Type in "money's crazy mind" and you can find it there, Amazon Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. I'm available on all those platforms. Plus, you can just go to my website, podpage.com forward slash money's one word dash crazy dash mind. No parentheses, no nothing on the money's. Just type in the word money's, and you will see the logo that's right down there. That one. The one that opened the show when the ads were playing and everything like that. So, if you guys want to check it out and hear the story that I told about why the first week of December is one of the worst weeks of the year for me personally, that's where you can do it. You will not hear that story ever. Unless I decide to do it as part of like a retrospective or something like that. On Redline Radio. Now, like I said, for the next few weeks, everything's going to be pre recorded. We're nine episodes, actually, eight after this one episodes away from another accomplishment I never, ever, ever thought I would hit with this show. And that is 100 episodes. That will be. The next time I will be live in studio. I. Now my birthday episode was big. Because I had you know. Some of the best guests from the history. Of Money's Crazy Mind on this show. I want to go bigger. For episode 100. I am planning something. And that's. One of the things that I want to put my focus on. Is the episode 100. And make this. That much more special. I want to have guests, obviously. I want to do something to where fans, the, the people that listen to this show every week, have a chance to be there and get to say, you know, things to me, get to say things to my guests, possibly even ask us questions, things like that. These are the crazy shit that I'm thinking of for episode 100. And I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen the way I want it to. So stay tuned for all those details as we get closer. I I got a couple people I want to talk to. I already have one venue in mind, but I'm going to see if I can get another one. And I don't know what guests I'm going to invite. I know some that are already going to be like, hey, it's episode 100. We're going to be there, right? I already know that. But I do want to bring in some different people that were on the birthday episode and things like that. Obviously, you know, there's going to be people associated with Redline there and everything as well. So. Ooh, I have another idea, too. Um, Hmm. I think this is going to be awesome. I'm, I think everybody is going to love what I am going to put together for the, for the 100th episode. So stay tuned, okay? It's going to be the biggest thing I have ever done in the history of this show. And I am blown away and overwhelmed. Not just by the things that, that Spotify put out about the audio version of my show, but the numbers that I have seen for this show come out from this year. So, again, I'm humbled, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm, I'm, and I want to do something that is not just a momentous occasion for me, for making it to 100 episodes but a thank you to everybody for being with Money's Crazy Mind for 100 episodes with that said we're going to wrap it for this week I want to thank everybody for not only checking out episode 92 of Money's Crazy Mind which is this one, the one that you just finished watching but the other 91 episodes as well. And like I said, a lot of those episodes exist before I was at Redline. So you got to check out my site to get all of that. So until next week, for one, be kind to yourself and to others. And actually, before we go, I forgot that I had this. And I'm pretty sure some of the information on it might be a little wrong. But actually, it doesn't look like it is. I think we might be cool. All right, I'm a dingbat and forgot to to add the microphone when I put this picture up. All right, you can find Money's Crazy Mind audio replay on all these premium podcast services. Anchor by Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and Spotify exclusive post-show audio wrap-up every Friday night at 10-15. I haven't been doing those lately, but I'm going to get back to doing them. You can also check out the Money's Crazy Mind website powered by PodPage at podpage.com forward slash money's dash crazy dash mind. So there it is right there if you were asking how to do it. And of course, don't miss Money's Crazy Mind at 8 p.m. Friday night streaming live on Redline Radio, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. All right. But with that, like I was saying, it's the holiday season. I've been a little bit of a dick recently, and I have a lot going on behind the scenes right now, some of which a lot of people don't even know about yet. And there's reasons for that. I'm not happy for those reasons, but there are reasons. And hopefully, hopefully, when I feel good enough about myself to actually sit there and and just be like, okay, look, here's what's been going on. Not only will the people in my personal life know, but everybody else will too. And that's another part of the reason why these episodes are going to be pre-recorded for a little bit is because, like I said, I got to deal with all that shit too. Um, but yeah, the, the, the main part of this is take care of yourself. Take care of everybody else. Don't be a dick. And just remember that if you need help, get help because that's one of the things that I'm not doing and it's starting to become a problem with that we're going to end the show see everybody next week Money's Crazy Mind is a proud Redline Media Group and nameless, faceless production
2: That's all, folks.